Broadcasting live from inside the cube on the plane of Canadian independent horror movies, this is Tap Tap Concede. Welcome everybody to Tap Tap Concede. My name is Graham. Joining me is Cameron. Hi. And Nelson. Also here. Yeah, I'm also horrified, Cameron, at the prospect of being inside the cube of all of all possible horror movies. How do we get out of this podcast? Like, I was trying to think of a quote from the movie. Uh, I, there's got to be some, yeah. I drew a Quotable box, moments. you walked a beat. I haven't seen it in a very long time. It's uh, it's one of those ones where it's like, boy, that was that was really well put together. I don't want to see that again. I think it's one of I, my favorites, honestly. I didn't yeah. make it through it because I just I am not great with horror. Um, I was too scared. But the, I like, weirdly have seen the ending. Uh, but I kind of want to give it another chance sometime because we've talked about it enough. Fair enough. Anytime you want, Nelly, I'll, I'll watch it with you. Sick. Okay, I'm taking you up on that. So we're talking about Cube today, as you may have as you may have gathered. Um, not just Cube. We're also going to talk a little bit about the Arena Decathlon now that that's in the rear window, and uh, I don't know whatever else pops into our head. We don't have like a firm theme yet. Like we've got there's like a couple sort of initial teases of Kamigawa Neon Dynasty stuff coming out, but like you know we're obviously not full into spoiler season yet. So you know we're in the we're in the the early January uh, slump of uh, <laughs> of news, which is fine. Uh, this slump is brought to you by CardKingdom.com. <laughs> Check out CardKingdom.com slash LRR uh, for all your paper card needs. They'll ship them anywhere in the world, and they're great. And they'll ship really fast, too. And you can tell them, Loading Ready Run sent me, button please, and I'll give you a little one-inch button, which I believe is still uh, the reprint of your brainstorming wrong. Your brainstorming wrong. It's a contraction. Also, this show and everything we do is brought to you by you and your kind support of our Patreon at patreon.com slash loadingreadyrun. If you're watching the video, you can tell we're uh, still remote this week. Uh, partially, this time, it's also partially because of the weather. Uh, <laughs> uh, we got, uh, we got, we had a snow day yesterday. Cancel the buses. Yeah, all the buses got canceled. Um, this is, I mean, we got, so it, we got about like 15 centimeters overnight, which for many people will not sound like a big deal, but it's a lot in one night. And especially for a city that like just doesn't get that happening very often. Yeah. If you don't have snow plows or sanding trucks and nobody has winter tires and nobody has experience driving in the snow, just take the day off. Yeah. If you get half a foot of snow overnight. Turns out there's a profound difference between all season tires <laughs> and winter tires. Yes. Um which uh all season, the term all season, I've recently discovered is a lie and <laughs> it does not mean all seasons. It means it they've means, been seasoned with salt and pepper all around the wheel, right? Yeah, it means it means yeah, all seasons as long as you know, it's just damp. Mm -hmm. Uh but not all seasons if it snows. <laughs> so oh, great snow. Yeah. Anyway, um, so yeah, let's talk a bit about the the arena decathlon. So this was an event that we didn't really talk about much on the show, um, which which maybe we should have. But um, basically, through December, the last couple weeks of December, and I didn't realize how quickly these things were rotating because I didn't get to finish very many of them. <laughs> Same here. The first two, I like was like two and one in both or whatever, and then then got dropped because of the yeah. three days. Yeah, because it was December eighteenth to twentieth, twenty first, twenty third, twenty fourth to twenty sixth, twenty seventh to twenty ninth, and then 
30th to the 1st. And it was 10 events. And the way that it worked was um, they were like 2,000 gold and some number of gems, I guess, four, yeah, 400 gems to enter. Or, and, not yeah, and or. one of those. And for entering, you got a sleeve, uh, like a card sleeve with one of the, the Therosian heroes. And it was the sort of the standard. You could do um, best of ones or best of threes, or sorry, it varied if they were best of ones or best of threes. If they were best of ones, it was the standard seven wins or three losses. If it was best of threes, it was five wins or two losses. Uh, the awards were like fine. Like they, the awards were actually like not amazing. Not um, great. If you got zero to two wins, this is in a best of one event, zero or two wins, nothing. <laughs> three to four wins, a pack. Five wins, two packs. Six wins, three packs. Seven wins or five wins in the best of three. You got 3,000 gold. So like only a extra thousand over your buy-in and a decathlon token. So the way the decathlon token worked or works, I guess still works, is that if you got three of them, if you get three of them uh, from any of these 10 events, and we'll talk about the events, uh, then you get then you can get into one of the finals events, which are happening um, now. Oh, they're happening today. Well, Wait, the, no. today is the sign up. So uh, on the main screen, if you have the right. token, they're on the eighth. You can click in here and you can enter. Oh, sorry. No, you have to enter in tomorrow morning. So by the time you're the hearing after. this, this will be done. Yeah, it'll it's, be done. It's this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, the uh, the final events are um, a traditional cube draft. And then the payouts for there are zero wins, no reward. One win, four rare wild cards. Also not great. Mm -hmm. Two wins, five unhinged basic lands and four rare wild cards. Three wins, three player draft tokens. There we go. Now we're talking. So you've got to... <laughs> You've got to get at least three wins to get to some some serious payout here. Hmm. Um, uh, plus everything below. Four wins, a gold medal sleeve, and everything else. Five wins, four rare wild cards, and everything below. Six wins, a Jace the Mind Sculptor avatar, and everything below. And seven wins, a complete set of Kamigawa Neon Dynasty, huh. and everything else. So it's weird. It's like... Because the like random wild cards are like not particularly enticing to me, mm -hmm. uh, so it's like three wins getting three draft tokens is very spicy, and then at seven wins getting a full set of Neon Dynasty seems like extra bonus spicy. Uh, and the Wait, rest why? of the stuff is like, why do you neat. care about the seven wins prize? Because uh, it's it's you know it starts starts your collection towards Neon Dynasty, which for me as a limited player means that I'm closer to getting gems for my. Hmm. Ah, yes, right, right, right. The for the replacement thing. Sorry, but, I, was, I mean that's I'm just confused why you wanted the cards, but not the wild cards. But right, right, that makes sense. Well, because the, the wild cards are like four mythic rare wild cards, which is cool, but it's like okay, that's four mythic rare wild cards. This is one of every card in the set. These prizes seem not great either. Like they're kind of in line with except for the, the draft tokens. <laughs> draft tokens is fine, yeah, for sure. But look how much you had to put in to get those draft tokens. You had to play at least three and you probably played five or ten or whatever. Yeah. Um entries into events that didn't pay out very many prizes. So at least twelve hundred 
and then you won a whole bunch. Say you played 1200 gems, you won a whole bunch, and now you're getting back something that's worth, um, what is it, 6,000 gems? Is that right? What's a regular draft price? Anyways, it's it's not bad. Which, I'm curious. Oh, for a for a normal. Yeah, what's it, it, sorry, like, what's a draft token worth? Yeah, what's a draft token worth? Is it fifteen hundred gems, gems right. or ten thousand so, gold? So for, yeah, so forty five hundred gems for your your trouble if you manage to get to three wins. Yeah, um, but you you paid a lot and put a lot of time into that. I don't know. Do you know if these these are my favorite basic lands? The um, John Avon unhinged the unhinged basics. ones. Yeah. Does five mean you get you get one to have each. as? So you get all of them. Yes. But, but does one of each mean you can put as many as you want in your decks? Yeah. Okay. yeah. Fingers crossed. So that's the big prize for me. I also like the Jace Avatar token, but if I can just get two wins in Arena Draft or, uh, Cube, best of three, I will be a stoked little boy. Mm. Yeah, the, the Jace Avatar is kind of tempting, honestly. Yeah, the Jace Avatar looks good. So what, was, what were these formats? Uh, well, the first one was just Alchemy. Just a normal round of alchemy, which we talked about already. Uh, Decathlon 2 was a Phantom Sealed uh, using three packs each of Midnight Hunt and Crimson Vow, which I wish I'd done. I played in, one in retrospect. and it was hard. I don't know. I wasn't very good at Crimson Vow. And then this is a new format where you have to try to put the pieces together. But you know what it is? Mm. It's a teaser of double feature, right? Yeah. Mm. It turns mm-hmm. out. It turns out it's basically the exact same as double as six packs of double feature, mm. only with no chance of skewing into one set or the other. Right. Um, there are some new synergies to watch out for uh, between the cross pollination of these two sets. Anything you noticed in particular that you can recall? No, I was very bad at it. I think okay. I went. I think I went three three, and then uh, jumped in another one, and it was one zero, and then it ended. My right. alchemy, I also, I played like a couple of goofy decks in alchemy maybe, and then I jumped in with dragons, like uh, Mono Red Dragons, which is a, a piece of the alchemy metagame, and then I was mm. like 2-0 and when it ended. But uh, no, I didn't I didn't spot anything in particular that was like, oh, this common from Crimson Vow is good with this common from Midnight Hunt. Sorry. Okay. Uh, event number three was a best of three Innistrad Crimson Vow uh, traditional draft which they delayed by a day for some sort of technical reason. Number four was just the new player decks, which I honestly enjoyed. I played this one and it was like, oh, everything's pretty kind of evenly matched, it feels. Yeah, that's that's honestly quite interesting. I like that a lot. Yeah. I don't know if I've talked about this before, but I love that format. Like the mm-hmm. format is everyone can pick one of the five new player decks mm-hmm. and then we and then you rumble and play matches and like there are prizes or not. So this this decathlon event was probably my favorite. I I used to play before I got in fully before it or maybe it wasn't even after I got in. At some point in my in my career, I used to just play like Magic Online 3.1 on a guest account as like a pastime, like as a thing I would do to just like practice learning rules or just for the the hell of it. Because um, mm-hmm. I just found it fun to play those. Like at the time, you could play Magnivore in one of the free new player decks. And so you had like a bad Magnavore, Magnavore deck. Magnavore is this cool old creature that's a two uh, generic red red. So two red red for an, a star star haste creature that has power and toughness equal to the number of sorcery cards in all graveyards. Oh, it's a Lurgoyf. It's a Lurgoyf. Yeah, it's like the Lurgoyf other than Tarmogoyf that's probably seen the most constructed play because there was huh. a not very good but real blue red deck that would like bounce your lands with boomerang and stone rain you and then just eventually hit you with Magnavore keeping a remand up or whatever. 
Wow. Neat, right? Yeah. <laughs> I had a trip. My one of my first de- ever decks at FNM played uh, this thing in the sideboard along with the the Stone Rains and re- and uh, Boomerangs, so that I could take my Dragon Storm deck and transform it for game two, so that I was less like weak to a, like a big counter spell on turn four or whatever. <laughs> Amazing. And instead, I was just playing a different game plan. That's wild, actually. Look how far but, Magic has come. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I, I really liked the new player decks. And I on my Twitter feed was like, play the blue one or play the white one. Like, they're better or whatever. And then I was just like, oh, there's one that's red-white equipment. And I just like seven one did. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, I don't know. It did, they did seem balanced. Uh, great. Um, sorry, I was like, right, yes. I'm continuing to talk about what the decathlon events are. Number five was a Zendikar Rising Phantom bot draft. Hmm. Yeah. Number six was Historic Artisan. I also really liked that one. But the Zendikar Rising bot draft, by this point in the decathlon, I was like, don't get in that, Nelly. You won't finish it. (laughs) Right. So I just didn't sign up for that one. Uh, The number seven was Actual Historic. I'm trying to remember what the difference between Historic and Historic Artisan is. Artisan means no rares, no mythics. Right. It's popper. Thank you. So yeah, Historic Artisan... um, I copied someone's Esper Blink deck, which was good. It was like part of the meta. There were some other good good decks, but you could play. Um, that's funny. Uh, you can play Soul Herder next to Mana War, Thraben Inspector, maybe Cloud Blazer. But if you play the black cards too, then you can play it next to uh, Ravnus Rats or whichever the Ravnus Rats is that's on Arena. It's an Elf or something. And uh, right. Chupacabra. You can have murderous chupacabra coming into play every turn, so that's kind of your end game. <laughs> Keep your opponent off creatures. Wow. Yeah. Okay, that's like kind of hard walk. Yeah, it was fun. So number seven was normal historic. Again, normal now, sort of with an asterisk, because of course now all the alchemy stuff is in historic. Uh, the eighth was singleton. The ninth was traditional standard. So best of three, just actual factual standard. And then number 10 was Strixhaven School of Mages Phantom Turbo Draft. Turbo Draft being a bot draft with each player receiving an emblem with the text, all spells cost five generic less to cast. This one was very divisive. (laughs) I heard that. I didn't actually get a chance to play it. I kind of wish I had. Yeah. Um, But I I recall it being divisive. What What was the problem here? Okay, so Turbo Draft, the... The version of, you know, goofy, overpowered, busted magic format on Arena started with Theros, I believe. And pretty much everyone played black green because that's just where the commons were that you could cast for cheap. And the format was kind of real. Like, there was some play to it. There, you tend to be black green decks, so you're sort of interactive. Um, in Strixhaven, you can only be Prismari. Like, this is, Strixhaven right. already has a big spells yeah. school. Right, mm-hmm. they have a bunch of commons that cost like seven and eight. Right, so you have to be Prismari, but then inside of Prismari, there's still sort of a meta game and like a strategy to your draft that I managed to develop. I, this one I really liked. I, I jumped in. I played. I played it on stream, um, but I, I went three three the first one, and I had been totally undervaluing the mocks. There's like a mana lift card, so mm-hmm. it costs five less instead of it's costing three. It costs zero, so those are better than I thought because I didn't realize how storm the format was. Um, <laughs> But yeah, you your your cornerstone of, of the the game usually is like elemental masterpiece or serpentine mm-hmm. curve. Like the, you make these elemental tokens, and that's how you that's how you actually win. And then you can put them next to first day of class. Um, so first oh. day of class can give them haste that turn, 
-hmm. and then also like the learn cards on the sideboard if you're lucky enough to get max mascot exhibition um two mana mascot exhibition yeah for three mana you can go first day of class for a red go get your mascot exhibition then attack for 12 or whatever (laughs) and you can do that on turn one with your letters of acceptance (laughs) so the formats like that there's also just like good looting cards um introduction to prophecy is better than it's ever been uh, same with introduction to annihilation, honestly, because you can target your own spare creature that you don't need anymore. Um, and I would be totally remiss if I didn't include Storm Kiln. Is it called Artist? No, Storm Kiln yeah. Sculptor. Storm Kiln Artist. Yeah. The dwarf that, that makes treasure. Treasure every time you cast a spell. So this really allows you to storm off in this format because a lot of your if you're playing a bunch of artifacts, you have a bunch of free or sorry, not, not even artifacts. This is the colorless spells. Yeah, those actually generate mana once you have storm kill artist in play. So then you can get these sort of turn one hmm. storm count is 10, kill you with a big attack after first day of class. turns. <laughs> so was it divisive because people were losing to <laughs> lose bull crap? It's divisive because even among like at every tier of kind of like skill level and enfranchisement of magic player, mm-hmm. there is a strong tendency to feel one way or another about these formats. Like people have totally fair and valid um, condemnations of this kind of magic, where it's like you draft a deck that has a potential of your opponent having no chance to interact with a turn one win, because there's no free counterspells, I don't think, in, even in the archive. Right. Um, and then it just turns into a coin flip, basically, of like mm-hmm. whether or not you got to go first and got your good hand and, and whether your opponent did. So and that's a totally fair critique. It's just even with that said, a lot of people like this kind of magic. Like I'm one of these people, I enjoy the draft portion. And then the games, it's like, you know, you just go in and on average, you're trying to get to seven wins. Like there's going to be a couple where you have no chance and you just get completely steamrolled by your opponent's good deck uh, when they won the die roll, or even if they didn't, but they got a better draw than you. And then you'll have the same, you'll have a few games of your own that your opponent had no chance. And then there'll be some real games. Like, you know, every magic format does that, even if it seems totally totally crazy the cards you can include or the plays you can make from the mm-hmm. outset. So I, I just end up liking formats like this. I like the sort of go for a ride, we magic. Wee. What do you think of the decathlon overall? I was so excited when it was announced and then I was disappointed to learn that I actually don't play enough arena to keep on top of it. But I watched some <laughs> of my favorite streamers and other people um, in the community posting their like all 10 things. And I was hoping that that was what I was gonna do. I don't know if you mentioned it, but if you get all 10, one of each of all 10, you actually get invited to the like um, preliminary qualifier weekend or whatever, which you normally have to be top 1000 mythic, I think. I don't know if they've changed it. I Which is like an arena dream that I've chased after before, but haven't gotten to. Uh, I've never played in one of those qualifier weekends. So I was like, oh, I could maybe do this even only playing a couple of hours arena, uh, you know, every few days, which I thought was how much I normally play arena. It turns out, honestly, play arena like four or five hours a week. Mm. That's that's where I'm at, which is still not quite enough to spread out to get all, you know, I didn't even jump in the Zendikar draft. Right. So um, yeah, if you get, yeah. if, if you got three unique tokens, you get, you can get into the decathlon finals event we mentioned earlier. If you get mm-hmm. six uh, six or seven, you can enter it twice. If you get eight or nine, you can enter it three times. But yes, if you get all 10, then you can not only enter the decathlon finals three times, but yeah, you get entry into the 2022 qualifier weekend event, which I guess, you know, that's pretty cool. So like, I can understand to an extent. So because my only sort of complaint about it, apart from again, uh, and this is on me, like not realizing how quickly the events were going to finish and like not completing one of the events before it wrapped up. And that's, that's my bad. Um, but uh, 
is the just sort of the general like quality of the of the prize payout. Oh yeah, the the queues are not good. Yeah, and yeah. I guess from their perspective, they're like, but the the potential high end is very high in theory, right? Because you can get if you do if you get all ten tokens, then you get you, you can get to the qualifier weekend, and then if you do well there, then you know, on and on. So I yeah, I, when when it's a situation where it's like, you know, at a at a GP, right? If you dirt out of the main event, well, that's it. But here, it's like, well, I lost the Zendikar Rising bot draft. I'll get back in the queue, right? You can just keep jamming it until you get your token if you have the time and gold and interest. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the the options are there that you can just keep running it back over and over again. So I, I guess I can I can understand their, their, uh, their philosophy on that. I think, like, with the value and the, you know, extra dream chase involved in this event... They still could have made the prizes a little better. Like I, I, so too. I actually did run a victory lap of that Strixhaven um, Turbo draft. Like I was having so much fun, and I wanted to play Marina, but I had gotten the token. Mm. And then I just looked at the rest of the queues, and I was like, "Nah, I don't want to play Crimson Vow draft, and I don't really want to brew Alchemy right now. I'd really just like to play Turbo draft again." And then there's this voice in your head that's like, "Well, but you've already." siphoned all the value out of turbo draft that you can and the queue is so bad and i was like that's eh, okay i'm just gonna give them some more money so i can play that event hmm. Fair. and then i and then i won again i like made it to seven and got my gems back but i sort of felt guilty as i'm like probably kicking some people off of having a token. <laughs> possibly some dads who don't have enough time to come back in <laughs> sorry other dads yeah exactly i like when they have those events that are the ones that are free that are just for like cosmetics Right when it's like uh, you gotta, you can play it as many times as you want, but you have to win. You know how you have to get some number of wins to get these to get these cosmetics. And I've seen people on the Magic Arena subreddit, um, sort of coordinating to be like, "All right, once you get your wins, get back in the queue, and if by turn two your opponent looks like they're actually playing the game, then you concede." <laughs> Huh. Right, just help people get their wins. I did that a bit with uh, one of the jump starts. I think. Yeah. Like one of the, there's, there was an event where I had to play five or six. Like I think it was like maybe first jump start. There was more. It seemed like there were more potential like bad pairings you could end up with. And mm. I had like I had like blue wizards plus elves once, and it took me like ten tries or whatever to get two wins. So then after that happened, I just like stuck around and conceded like ten or twenty more games just to kind of feel better and like <laughs> hope that someone else who was going through the same thing like got put an more easy good win. vibes into yeah. the world. Yeah, yeah I was like I feel felt so bad about that. I have to do something. Yeah. <laughs> I mean I I kind of love when communities coordinate like that to uh to help people out. Yeah. I like that too. So with the decathlon finals being the arena cube, figure we can talk a little bit about the arena cube. Um, the cube is back. It's probably the highest powered arena cube that they've done. It's not the Tinkerer's cube, it's the arena cube, but now it's tuned up with stuff from, it's got both the rebalanced cards and the alchemy digital only cards in it. So it's, it's all over the place, uh, power-wise. I've done a little bit. Nelson, you said you've done a little bit. Cameron, have you had an opportunity? Uh, I'm not a man of cubes. That's fair. But That is fair. Yeah, I would love to hear what you think of it. 
Well, I mean, so I I enjoy it more than I enjoy the ones on Magic Online because, like, I can't do Vintage Cube, mm. right? I, I've just, from watching people do it and from trying to do it myself on stream, it's like I don't have the right mindset for it, right? Like, I can do cube drafts. We've done cube drafts on Friday Night Paper Fight. I've done cube drafts in person. I can do those. The Magic Online cubes, you have to go in with a different mindset. You're basically just, like, assembling a constructed deck. Uh and I, I, I don't, I don't have the, I don't have the brain for it. This cube, I mean, I've only played it a couple times, uh, but it's been fun at least. Adam and I drafted it on the stream yesterday at time of recording, and we ended up with our colors were just wide open. We first picked sort of body in mind because sometimes you just need to cut dogs out of people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we were like, maybe mill could be a win condition. And then we ended up picking up some a bunch of blue cards, and then white was super, super open. And we ended up with a, just a ton of blue-white cards at the end, and one of which was Yorion. And nice. we sort of joked with the chat. We were like, we could just run Yorion as a companion and then run 60 cards. And then we looked, and we're like... Don't hate it. We, we didn't hate it, because yeah. we had... 60 really good cards. I mean, like, you know, some number of those were land, obviously, but we had, like, I guess it's 36 or so, 37, because we had some modal double-phase lands. We had just a bunch of cards, and we were like, heck, yeah, let's just run <laughs> let's just run a 60-card deck, and boy, that <laughs> that deck was unreal. Nice. That's yeah. really cool, honestly. It was super, super fun. Um, yeah, somebody uh, in chat asked, they're like, is this a is this a slow cube? And uh, we were like, well, uh, we just milled our opponent out with Ashiok Dream Render, so yes. <laughs> yeah, I, it is now. It can be. I think Ashiok was one of our high picks as well. That one was was really good. I got... People are sleeping on Aethersphere Harvester. I've, ha- I've played okay. this in cube before. Me it's, too. It's really good. It's three mana... For a three-five flying vehicle, yes, you got to crew it, but the crew's only one, and you can give it lifelink twice. Yeah, it's kind of like Baby Bane Slayer. Yeah, this thing kept oh, wow, us. That's she comes. This thing kept us in games. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I like it a lot. My most recent uh, Arena Cube draft deck started out on Demonic Tutor, and then I think maybe my second pick was just Phyrexian Obliterator. I wasn't sure if that was going to happen, but it was like a pack that didn't really inspire me. And I wound up get finding like the Imperial Rites. I got like a Banishing Light and a Faithful Absence for some um, for some utility. And so I don't have a lot of ways to discard, but I have sort of a Black-White Reanimator deck mm. um, splashing the Scarab God. Now, this, the mana pips in this deck are pretty greedy, but one of the cards from Alchemy that I got to pick up is Key to the Archive. And if you haven't yes. seen this card yet, you probably haven't played Alchemy at all. It's just like fairly popular in any kind of greedy deck and like probably will be a big, I think it'll be a big all-star in cube. I could be wrong. Maybe it's too slow. It does enter tapped, but it taps for two mana in any combination of colors, which I believe means it can tap for two black, right? Yep. That's, you know, <laughs> I'm always not sure what English words on magic cards mean because I've judged and learned so many rulings. <laughs> <laughs> I now always want to second guess, well, is that what that means? Um, so yeah, it's just like the best possible mana rock um, for mana tapping, however you want it to. So yeah, I'm looking forward to playing these games. Yeah, and the 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 spellbook, the the key to the archives spellbook is all just like really powerful yeah. mystical archive stuff. Stuff from mystical, archives. and it's in all different colors, but you can then cast it because the arc the key lets you do that. Yeah, I think half the times I've played it, I just grabbed the time warp. Um, 
because yeah. you know three out of 15 i don't know it seems to show me that one a lot maybe just knows that's the one i want yeah we got to do something really fun with um uh we got we had approach of the second son right and we won a game on uh, with approach because we played approach and then on the next turn we played alrund god of the cosmos so alrund is at the at your end step you name a card type and you reveal the top two cards of your library and put all cards of the chosen type into your hand and the rest on the bottom of your library mm-hmm. so it meant that every turn cycle we were drilling three cards deep mm-hmm. nice so we got back to the approach very quickly alrin's great because you can also just play alrin on two as as the bird uh haka yeah. i think it is mm-hmm. hang on i actually have it here yeah. Yeah. Haka, Whispering Raven, 2 3 flyer for two. And when it deals combat damage to a player, you return it to your hand and scry two. Um, or you can just have a 2 3 blocker on turn two. And sometimes that's really good too. Yep. Yeah. No, that, that seems like a fine way to spend uh, turn twos and three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Also, Sphinx's Revelation is in this, <laughs> is in this cube. Like, this is, this is, it's, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a very powerful cube without being absolutely cube. Yeah, without being a powered cube. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It feels right. like you're doing significant things. Should we yeah. should we take one step back and just explain what cube is in case there's anyone who hasn't hasn't discovered it yet? That's a great idea. Okay, so if I may, Please. cube started off uh, as box draft or boost or like Maybe it was booster box draft, but the idea was, and I think it was somewhere in Canada. I'm not sure. Sorry, I'm not going to remember who exactly invented it. But in the 90s, like in the early days of Magic, you know, people discovered draft and then they wanted to do it more. So to just redraft any box of cards that wasn't already in your deck, you know, was the the beginnings of Cube. And then from going from just a big pile of cards that people draft, which is still a, a thing you can totally do if you just want to get better at drafting, you just grab your draft trash and friends and just just draft literally any pile of cards and then you can play the decks and and notice like what the important cards in the cube are or what the important cards in the matchup. But anyways, mm-hmm. then it started turning into curating that box. And then I think just because it had to be kind of a big box to have enough cards. Like if you, like you can put a cube in a, a long box, usually like a one, like an 800 count. But I think the early ones, it was like, they're often putting them in two columns or whatever. So it just like started being referred instead of like, people buying three packs, which is sort of slender and like fits in your hand. It's like a cigarette case or a cell phone or whatever, versus like rolling up to cube. It's like someone has to have like a big chunk box to put down on the table to, to draft out of. I think they just called it cube for that reason hmm. and has risen to popularity, especially among veteran magic players. So what most curations will look like, like the original first cubes are just the best cards in Magic. Like when we're talking about the Vintage Cube over on Magic Online, you can play at the same time that Graham doesn't love. Um, it's like you're usually just playing... Only Go because ahead. I'm bad at it. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. <laughs> maybe we can... Maybe we can, It's only the 7th. Maybe we can uh, slip in like a New Year's resolution to take on Cube as a as a company this year. Maybe, maybe Cher will move back to one of the podcasts just for this. <laughs> um, Jeremy White loves Cube. I love mm-hmm. Cube too. Uh, but not as much as Jeremy. Anyways, um, you've got the Moxes and the, the rest of the Power Nine, the Fetchlands, the original duels, like all the banned creatures and Jitte and Packrad and like Sinkhole and Feel Bad cards. 
uh, like Force of Will will be in there, and just all all the most rampantly destructive, awful cards that have, have mistakes that have ever been printed, and they're all in the box together. And then you open up a pack, you're looking at 15 of them, and like sometimes you have to really rack your brain about whether you would rather have, you know. Um, a library of Alexandria or a soul ring, depending on what, which way you want to go in the cube. And there's a bunch of possibilities, but they all kind of resemble vintage decks or like decks that were trying to be vintage decks, but ran out of gas. And then there, after people played those for a few years back in like the early 2000s, people started doing curated cubes of other varieties. So like Popper is a really common one that people have done because they just wanted to have their own cube and they want to be able to afford it. Popper so super you, fun as a cube. Popper really, super fun. Really fun. Absolutely. So you can grab like the best cards from Constructed Popper and then put all your other favorite commons and just try to make make it so there's commons with some synergies and some plans for the 10, 10 guilds. And then you you put that together. There's a bunch of different ways you can go. If you watch our Friday Night Paper Fight streams, you've seen those. And then the other thing is that more more popular these days, and you can play these on Magic Online in recent years as well, is like these curated cubes that are just in a wedge or a, a shard, like the Grixis cube or someone's Bant cube. Um, so some coming up. So and you can kind of you can kind of do with cube whatever you want. Just like building your own deck, you can build a cube that has certain archetypes and not others. Like you could build a no counterspells cube or a you know no creatures with toughness over three cube. You can build a cube where it's like all of the creatures have indestructible, but every deck is going to have access to counterspells or whatever. You see what I mean? Like that you can you can kind of theory craft it in whatever direction you want. Um, the only ones I've ever put together are like super busted vintage cubes, usually in proxies, and my own homemade like these are all my pet cards, and I balance the colors cube. Right. Hmm. <laughs> so that's that's my that's my very brief cube uh, history of cube synopsis cool and yeah you're you were right um see it seems to be uh have started in the form that we know it anyway uh, in uh, toronto in the late 90s early 2000s oh. so yeah yeah as as many people have pointed out the concept of like what if we just chuck everything from the draft back in the box and draft it again is not like it you know it's not like a completely ridiculous thing that someone had to have been like i invented this but <laughs> right. the uh yeah it is it is from from my cursory googling it is generally accepted that uh, sort of cube as we know it started in toronto well if the canadians hadn't figured it out someone else would have because obviously yeah. the idea of just like let's draft more was, <laughs> was there yeah you know yeah. it was an idea whose time had come yes there are no great men in history everyone loves a good right. gnosis what if we made our own set yeah yeah exactly exactly with blackjack and moxes um <laughs> the <laughs> Yeah, the arena, uh, the arena cube is, uh, yeah, it's interesting. Like it's it's been good before, but now, um, so one of the cards that we had, uh, Clone Crafter, we didn't talk about this one when we were talking about the the alchemy cards. It's a, it's a one, two for one and a blue, human wizard. When it enters the battlefield, conjure a duplicate of a random creature card from your opponent's library into your hand. It perpetually gains, you may cast any mana, you may cast. You may spend mana as though it was mana of any color to cast a spell. This has to lead to some alarming uh, drafts or conjurations. So I did. I drafted after that stream. I drafted on my own last night, and the same colors ended up being open. I w I wasn't trying to do like let's just do that again. I mm -hmm. I kept myself open for a while, and then I was like, I guess I am just in the same colors. And like in pack two, I was like, no, I am just making the same deck. Okay, sure. So. Yeah, it's a 60-card Yorion deck again, but uh, <laughs> uh, they they countered my Yorion. I was playing, I had a bunch of creatures with ETB effects. I had like Man of War and um, 
uh, um, I'm trying to remember now. I had I had some other stuff, mm-hmm. and they countered my Orion, and I was like, oh darn. So I on a the next turn I played Clone uh, Crafter, and I got their eternal uh, eternalized witness, timeless witness, or whatever. Timeless mm-hmm. witness. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So then I, which is the eternal witness with eternalize from Modern Horizons 2. Mm-hmm. So I played Timeless Witness on the same turn because it was later later in the game. So I played the Clone cra- clone Crafter, played Timeless Witness, returned Yorion to my hand, then played Yorion, blinking the Timeless Witness and the Clone Crafter. <laughs> it, was, it was a lot of value. Uh, yeah, that was a... That yeah, was that's some Magic the Gathering right there. Yeah, that was a, that was a very real game of Magic the Gathering. That kind of play is so cool. Like both from the alchemy side, where it's like this sort the sort of play where you steal some someone's creature to like get a benefit off of it, but that creature has you know unearth eternalize whatever mm-hmm. TB effects because it's an actual card. It's not yeah. a token. Yeah, exactly. Because you made a card with conjure and perpetually, it's like you get to pull off Yorioning it or bringing it back from your graveyard later, both of which wouldn't be allowed. Like, say you, you want to flicker uh, your stolen copy of Timeless Witness. Normally, it's going to go back under its owner's control, and then they get another card. So that kind of plays, yeah. like, off limits, and you have to just weaken your Yorion when you do it. But, yeah, it's just gorgeous. Hmm. The other thing about that sequence you just talked about is that it's a, it's a good uh, rubric, I would say, for... I'm not sure if I'm using that right, <laughs> that word, but it's like it gives you a good snapshot of the power level and um, ways you should be looking to kind of win the game in Arena mm. Cube. Like instead of having Moxes, uh, you know, er- early attacking creatures with you know cheap mana, but you're gonna you're gonna stop them from doing something with a counterspell or whatever, some sort of tempo play like that, which you're often incentivized to do in the Vintage Cube. This is more about like having having insane late game getting to the the mid game and late game where you can pull off these kinds of plays yeah the one that we drafted on stream definitely had like mill as an alternate win con but that deck and this deck both share the win con of just stop them from killing you until they get sad and leave (laughs) (laughs) ah the classic bant flicker plan Mm. yeah Mm. i did have a, a, a an amusing situation where i had ashiok again and sarah benevolent Mm-hmm. And um, okay, the planeswalker. Or yeah, the Sarah's planeswalker. Yeah, okay, yeah. Planeswalker, so it's yeah. minus. Uh, she's two white, white plus one creatures you control with flying get plus one plus one until end of turn. Minus three make a make a Sarah angel basically make a four four flying vigilance angel token. Um, she comes down with four loyalty and then minus six. You get an emblem with if you control a creature damage that would reduce your life total to less than one reduces it to one instead that didn't come up but i had the two planeswalkers in play uh and played the immortal sun oh uh, no which no 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 no. it's okay i knew this was going to happen um so the immortal sun does a bunch of different stuff most of it good but one of them uh like it makes you draw an extra card every turn all your spells are cheaper all your creatures get plus one plus one and players can't activate planeswalker abilities so i activated both their abilities then played the immortal sun then on my next turn, I played uh, Yorion, flickered ETB creatures, and the Immortal Sun. Uh huh. Used the Planeswalkers, yeah. and then the Immortal Sun came back into play at the end of turn, uh, and that was neat. That's Stone <laughs> yeah, Cold that's, Graham. That's, 
Yeah, that's some galaxy brain. It was a very, very weird. Yeah, it turns out uh, turns out cubes great when you're doing well. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's king of the format that feels awesome as long as you're winning. Yeah, yeah, I'm, right. I'm sure. I'm sure it feels terrible if you're on the receiving end of any of this. Yeah, well, it, like when your opponent yeah. is doing something ludicrous to you, and you're just like, "Man, come on!" I mean, the game Adam and I lost on stream. Our opponent was like, "Was like wrath, wrath, removal, removal, wrath, kill you." Like it was, it was. You know, we were just like, "This, this sucks. This is stupid." <laughs> yeah. Take my ball and go home. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my my favorite experience ever playing cube was uh, powered cube on Mitgo and uh, mm. I just drafted like this green black deck that chat told me was bad. And however, you know, the turn one thought sees um, is strong. <laughs> yeah. And then you just kind of lower a shipping container of value on top of your opponents. Yup. That's good stuff. All right. Well, cubes around for a little while longer. You missed the decathlon listener. If you, if you get all your information from us, which is probably a bad idea. <laughs> But uh, Cube's around for a little longer, so at least there's that. And, I mean, Kamigawa is is incoming. Um, I don't know what else has been happening in sort of the world of magic. There was a... New secret lair? Oh, yeah, there is a secret lair this week. Yeah, I don't get it. It's uh, to do with astrology, right? Yeah, yeah but I don't understand it. So I'm guessing that the shapes... Oh. I'm guessing that the shape of this tree in the swamp has something to do with the shape of the constellation. Is it? Is it an art reference? Uh well, it is. Um, it it ha- It's Capricorn, the goat. So it has the goat skeleton in it. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's it it's the the astrology lands, mm-hmm. uh, Capricorn, and it's five swamps it's just five swamps with the and same it's got, celebrate your sign be it sun moon or rising let the world know you're a capricorn each drop contains five copies of an awesome astrological swamp by jean d'angelo or jean d'angelo not your sign keep your eyes peeled we'll be adding a new basic land representing a new sign every month and they'll be available until the end of 2022 I honestly kind of wish that this was the very first secret layer just to really home run, like just drive home the point that these aren't going to be for everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe you don't really like hearing about astrology or being around people <laughs> talking about astrology. Don't buy this. Yeah. We don't have to tell you that you're not going to buy this. Yeah, exactly. It can just be a right? thing that you look at and go like, I guess that's for somebody else. Yeah. I guess some people like that. Yeah. But, you know, I'm going to have to go and get, like, my my sun sign and my moon sign and my ascendant. And then I'll just play three-color decks forever. Okay. So, yeah, you can get these in foil or non-foil or in bundles of five. Which is presumably some sort of savings. Hmm. Uh, Because they're, yeah, because it's $30 or $120 for five of them. So, okay, yeah, I guess because there's a goat skeleton on it, that that's, that's the Capricorn? Yep. I guess that's the, yeah. Thank, okay. thank you for drawing that logical conclusion for us, Cameron. I no, hey, you know, it's what I'm here for. I, I, my, my unassailable logic, my cool, calculating, unbiased mind. <laughs> I, all uh, I do is, is analyze art and find optimal plays. 
There was uh, one other thing, which the uh, Wizards announced that they aren't going to be making any changes to Alchemy until after an upcoming competitive event. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, I think it's an arena open. I mean, it has to be on arena because it's Alchemy. But anyway. Right. I'm not sure if it's an arena open or, or some sort of championship event that's happening. Maybe it's series. a championship event. Um, but yeah, every single comment underneath that Twitter thread was just some respected member of the community, like content creator or, you know, a uh, big player saying like, isn't this the opposite of what you told us? Like three weeks in, in modern times is plenty of time for the format to adapt. Like, can't, yeah. can't you just change it now and it'll still be enough time? <laughs> it was just like everyone saying the same thing. Yeah. And I saw actually, it was a comment from Surge that I thought was, was, was very interesting because mm-hmm. uh, Prof was also being like, why is this? Why? 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 Why are you the way that you yeah. are? Yeah. And as Surge pointed out, it's, very common. In fact, I would go so far as to say the standard in uh, in competitive esports for tournaments to be run on not the most recent patch. Right. That's true. Right. 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 Uh, you know, for a variety of reasons, not not the least of which is just preparing for it. Right. And it's like, yeah, sure. the The meta might might be able to balance between now and the and the and the. Uh, yeah, it's a, mm-hmm. it's an arena open and and qualifier weekend. Okay, it is an open. Um, right. And it's like, yeah, I might be able to to do that, but also like, it it's, I, I think I I think what it comes down to is that, for alchemy specifically, they made a point about how, we can quickly and frequently tweak and rebalance it to keep it to keep it fresh. And then in this case, they're like, we're not doing that because there's a tournament coming up. And that is a cognitive dissonance for some people. I don't really carry their way, frankly, but I, 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 and I, I will say I can understand why you would have that cognitive dissonance because it's, you know, they, they did say we're going to update it frequently, but not for this. So I, I get it. Um, yeah, I think if like, this is an important learning moment for alchemy and hopefully the, the best takeaway is like, if we know that there's going to be constraints like weeks or, or months when we're unwilling to make changes, then we should try to be like plotting those out and ahead of time and making sure that we have a pretty recent change before they come along. Like mm-hmm. if three weeks mm-hmm. isn't enough time, give us a December 27th alchemy update or whatever, even if it's only been three weeks since alchemy was announced, you know, because yeah. we're, we're in the new digital, like hive mind figures everything out in 24 hours era of magic. So it, it's fine to just... Because it's worth, it's worth noting yeah. that today we're recording this on January 7th. And Alchemy has not even been on Arena for a month. Right. But I bet it had a metagame page on, you know, all of the the sites <laughs> after two days or something, right? <laughs> of course, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've played it a lot already, even though it hasn't been a month. That's just how it goes. Yeah. Um, the Surge's comment about other esports playing on different patches is fascinating because I do think that that's a line that Magic isn't ever going to cross. I was just pondering it for a moment there, but can you imagine if like there's an arena open in three weeks and they did a rebalance today and then we played with the previous version of alchemy? And I think that would open? make people more upset. No one would show. I think a lot of people wouldn't buy the tickets, right? Like yeah. magic players are only concerned with the next format, right? They're, most magic players are bored with the current format that they're allowed to play and thinking about, <laughs> spoilers and cards that we know are coming up 
and how they're going to affect the current format. Yeah. It's like the main, as a shopkeep, like as a, you know, person who used to work at an LGS a lot, that's like most of the conversation. Mm-hmm. So I think the idea of playing a previous, a, at least recent, a previous recent iteration of a constructed format is just like, or, or watching it, just not any Magic player's cup of tea. Playing a really old format in a flashback event, that has value. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, there's our medium takes on that, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Don't no, have a good segue. I, That's where my I take just don't ends. have enough. I, I don't really have. I'm. I just don't have enough to weigh in on it. Enough by enough. I mean, like enough like information or passion to be like, I'm annoyed about this or. How dare you be annoyed at this? I think it's reasonable to be annoyed about it. I also don't think it's that big of a deal. Yeah, Alchemy is um, pretty cool. If that, if you haven't tried it at all, like I don't know, unless you're doing something else with your wild cards, like Al- Alchemy seems like it's not a bad format. Yeah, so I've played it a little bit, not a ton, but I've enjoyed it so far. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Well, on that stirring uh, <laughs> endorsement of Alchemy, uh, I think we're going to wrap up the show for this week. Um, Unless anyone has anything else I want to throw in there. I want you to play cube again this year. Yeah. All right. That's it. All right. Well, you at home could build your own cube if you wanted by buying cards at cardkingdom.com slash LRR. Mm-hmm. Putting that slash LRR on there is kind of important because it lets <laughs> them know that we're sending you over there. And uh, we do that because we think they're great. We love working with them. So thanks. Thanks to Card Kingdom and thanks to you and thanks to all of you who support us directly at our Patreon at patreon.com slash Loading Ready Run. You support not only this show, but everything we do here at Loading Ready Run and it means the world. So thank you so much. Uh, until next time, I have been Graham, joined by Cameron Buh. and Nelson. I was here. Uh, Paul's been running tech. Heather gets these online. Thank you all for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.